Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast. Thank you again for tuning in to meet another wonderful guest. I mean, I have the best guests, I have to say. I really do. I really do. And I'm so happy that we have found each other. Today, we've got Sequoia Craig on the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, you're in California. I wow. am. I'm on the coast. I well I'm on the coast but I live in the redwoods I live in Santa Cruz where we have both (laughs) very spoiled here (laughs) that sounds beautiful so as you know I'm just north of Toronto and we're having a heat wave right now which I'm not going to complain about because the snow will be here in about eight weeks but it's still I'm not used to the heat wave so I get it I totally yeah I grew up in Arizona so I know how you know it's awful Wow. Well, thank you, Sequoia, for joining us today. And I really, you know, I just want to tell people a little bit about you. Um, on this show, we, we we try to be, you know, as genuine as we can and talk about stuff that isn't always easy to talk about. But that's what makes it so important for people who are listening, because um, unless you talk about the hard stuff, it you can't really... I don't know, it gets you to hear other people's perspectives and what they did to get through certain things, right? So Mm -hmm. that's why we're here today. And that's why the show is here. But I got to tell you guys, Sequoia's an amazing entrepreneur as well. So she is a marketing consultant and web designer for coaches. As the founder of Sequoia Craig Design, she helps coaches avoid tech overwhelm through website design. Thank God for people like you. Okay, (laughs) I'm just going to say that. She also helps them with SEO, which you need, and email marketing. This August, so coming right up, she's launching an SEO training program that empowers people to optimize their websites and get more traffic in search engines like Google which if you don't have a way to get traffic, it's kind of like you're talking to crickets, right? Mm -hmm. And as you guys know, she lives in Santa Cruz, California with her partner and two pets. Today, we're going to talk about some stuff here on the show. We're going to talk about toxic and dysfunctional relationships. Relationships must be the heat. We're going to talk about discovering self-love and self-care and how um, you can't always do that sometimes until you find um, your own way of life. And I think, um, everybody knows my story and living on your own terms is something we're going to talk about today. And it's tough. It took us a while. It took me a while to get here. And, um, I'm really excited about 
about seeing what comes out of this conversation and seeing how it's going to help you guys, because, you know, you don't have to be in the exact same situation to find elements that you recognize, you know, so take what you can um, and let's go with it. Um, Sequoia believes that it is her purpose to empower people to make choices that honor themselves. Um, how important is that? my like I believe that my whole being is about choice like that word is the word for me um and throughout my, I mean I'm not you know I'm, I'm not very old but um I have I have had to make a lot of hard choices and it making choice is never easy but once you realize that you have choices and that you just have to take action I think what I'm trying to say is it's really easy to get stuck in this mindset of I'm stuck and I don't have any choice. And so when you realize that you have choice and then you can actually take the choices, it can be really liberating. Um, and I really, I do believe that almost everyone has choice in some place in their life, whether we allow ourselves to mentally acknowledge that choice or not. Yeah, because we can go through our life believing we don't have a choice. And that's the real biggest first step. That's I'm glad that you said that. So Sequoia, we know you're you're an awesome web designer and awesome tech, you know, person. How before all that came about, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, we all have a story that almost breaks us. And um, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for being brave enough and open enough to to share that with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, my story. Um, so I'm a child of divorced parents, and both of my parents remarried and um, built new families. And so I was the only one that really went back and forth. And I had this kind of unique experience that I didn't share with any of my other siblings. Um, I have six siblings, so quite a few. And um, my mother is a narcissist. Um, and she has been through lots of relationships and a lot of unhealthy relationships. And she doesn't, you know, I think the best way to describe it is I was talking to my younger brother the other day and he said, she loves her dogs unconditionally and not her kids and oh goodness to have your 16 year old brother say that to you is just like oh dagger in the heart but he he hit the nail on the head I mean that's exactly it like she just doesn't love unconditionally um it took me a long time to be able to say I am lovable unconditionally without breaking down and crying so that's like that's the space where the dysfunction really took hold in my life um and then when I was 17 I moved out of her house and in with my dad full-time um and then I so that was I mean that was like a huge door open for me of like freedom normality like more healthy lifestyle just all together no manipulation walking on eggshells all that 
And then I moved out here for college from Arizona and I ended up dropping out of college, which was another big choice. And then I worked a few odd jobs and I ended up working for a coach and then I started my own business. So like I see my life as like these three really monumental choices of moving out, moving to California. No, that's not one. It's three. Moving out, dropping out of college and then starting my own business. Those are kind of the three monumental choices that I would say I've taken in my life. And and the other part of my story that I'm really, really proud of is I have done a lot of work to create as to create emotional sobriety for myself. And mm. I didn't see healthy romantic relationships growing up. And I believe I'm in an extremely healthy relationship. Um, and I live a life of integrity and meaning. And I am really proud of that. It's challenging for sure. Um, so I'd like to talk about like the, the difference between my fiance's family and my family. And Absolutely. Um, because it's, it's been like very challenging to navigate. Um, but I am extremely proud of the work that I've done to get where I am because it, it hasn't been easy. I got to say, first of all, you look like you're 16. <laughs> so for you to say <laughs> back when you were 17, you moved out, I was like, oh my God, she looks so young. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to hear a little bit of that because it'll it'll give us kind of like a day in the life of Sequoia, right? Yeah, and how it was growing up with your mom that way and so that we can understand how far you've come, you know, and congrats, congrats on working hard and and coming this far and yeah thank you um yeah my my mom was always walking on eggshells she it was like the smallest thing would set her off like you know I was I was in gosh I wasn't even sixth grade I think I was even younger like fifth grade and I I she asked me to go find the dustpan and 11 year old sequoia couldn't find the dustpan in the garage so she grounded me which meant taking away all of my technology and then i needed i needed technology to do my homework i needed my computer so she drove me to my grandparents house so i could use their computer so it was just like a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense and growing up you don't realize that it doesn't make sense and that's a relatively tame incident um but usually there would be like these explosive yelling, you're going to hell, you're so selfish. That was a huge one. You're so selfish. I mean, I didn't realize that being a hundred percent like the, the, the difference between like selfish and like self-care was mm. a really hard thing for me to figure out. Um, and this idea that you you don't have to be totally selfless to not be selfish. That's mm. um, but like you can give to yourself and not be a narcissist. <laughs> that was a challenge for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, just it was it was the day-to-day manipulation. Um she had her hands all over the control of of my life and my siblings' lives. And yeah, I, it was, 
a lot. It was very confusing. I did not understand. I saw my friends in households where like, I mean, I spent my summers babysitting and my mom would go out with her dates and come home drunk. And it just like was like, I saw my, all my friends having fun in the summers in middle school and high school. And like, this is weird. Why, you know, why am I not doing that? Um, And it wasn't even like, to tell you the truth, I think my mom had a hard time with seeing her kids happy. Mm. And so she wanted to keep us unhappy um, because she was unhappy. Mm. And she also saw her kids as an extension of herself, but not as humans. Like we would go to the movie theater and her and her husband or fiance at whatever point would get popcorn, but all the kids couldn't have popcorn because we mm. were just you know so things like that where it was you just like felt less than and there was always something to get in trouble for that made no sense to get in trouble for yeah so it sounds like you really grew up in a home that didn't make you feel proud of who you were there was nobody to tell you and nobody to really lift you up and nobody to tell you how special you were so how do you go from that to loving yourself like that's a huge step did you did someone help you like how did you did you change just the way you thought it, it's hard because it it is it is a huge step and and I'm sure that there are people that are listening that have gone through very similar situations and if they're not sure where to begin do you have any advice for them like how did you do it yeah so I made some mistakes that's okay I, that's how we I, learn we all I went to college <laughs> and went a little crazy and then realized that I wasn't, I didn't feel good. Like things just weren't, they didn't sit right. I wasn't who I wanted to be. So I started going to therapy, which cracked me wide open. Um, and the word I would use is gnarly. That was gnarly. I remember my therapist like sitting on the floor and being like, okay, I want you to practice playing. And he he was he handed me a pillow and he was like hit me with this pillow like let's like let's have a pillow fight and I just sat there and I just couldn't do it um so therapy was a huge thing for me and just like I you know honestly that year play became such an important part of my life and I think when I think back to my healing journey it's almost like growing up again like getting yeah. to reparent myself and like play and find joy and sometimes like have a temper tantrum because I want to be a moody 13 year old because I didn't get to do that and so just like finding these little spaces that are healthy to like have those moments of like like I, I'm staring at them right now I have some blocks like a few years ago I bought some like children's play blocks because I was like this is gonna make me really happy <laughs> so just, like, finding those little ways to kind of nurture that inner child and then also nurture the adult at the same time and inner child work is freaking hard I mean I had a therapy session today that was all about inner child work and I'm sitting there for the hour like ugly crying because it's just yeah. never ending um but I do think inner child work is important so I, I I think the biggest thing is I mentioned emotional sobriety emotional sobriety is when you're aware of what's coming up and you don't act on impulse you act on okay, I'm feeling, like, I'll say to my fiance, I feel really activated right now. I don't know why I feel activated, but I feel really activated by whatever you just did. 
And so then I can take a step back and like kind of process that without being like, he did this and now I'm so angry. Mm. Um, and you so, recognize it. It sounds like you're, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Like when you were a child, did you feel like maybe you didn't have those chances to play because you didn't want to get into trouble or do it the wrong way? Or was it because you said you were walking around on eggshells a lot, right? And yeah, you didn't I, yourself. Mm -hmm. that and also I was, I'm the oldest of those siblings. Mm. So I was kind of put in the role of the parent. Okay. Um, And so like, I mean, I, I would discipline and babysit and that, like, that was my whole summers, my whole life was around cleaning and babysitting. Um, Taking and care so, of everyone else. Exactly. And, and yeah, and taking care of my mom too. I mean, I did mm. her quite a bit. So you're learning about who you are, which what a beautiful journey. Thank you. Somewhere along that line, you made the choice though, you know, sometimes when people feel don't feel good enough and they feel bad about themselves, um, I find that first step of saying you made the choice even to go to college or to go to therapy, you still made that choice. You should feel very proud about that. Thank you. you know? I think um, just the fact that you made the choice, even if it wasn't the right choice, like the college thing, you don't know until you try it. Right. Right. And that takes bravery and courage. And and so it sounds like you recognize what was going on around you and it felt normal, although you could see your friends living differently, but you still, you knew enough that you wanted to try some to get out of that situation. That's right. hard to do too. So you you've done a lot of work. I have. <laughs> you have, yes. What is the biggest gift you think you gave to yourself that changed the way you feel about yourself? Starting my own business. Starting your own business is like cracking yourself wide open. <laughs> it's like going to like years of therapy in like one month. <laughs> Like if you, if you can't be confronted by all your demons, don't start your own business because <laughs> they'll all show up on a platter. Here you go. Here's your imposter syndrome. And over here, you have all your fears. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I hear you. I hear you. So, but it sounds like you're thriving in it and you're still keeping up with all of the, you know, getting to know yourself. It's so important. I think people... It's easy to get stuck when you don't want to share your feelings, you know, and I'm so happy that you're doing that. I didn't share my feelings for 12 years and it really gave me all these new problems and I still had the original problem. Right. So, so how do you, so once you started, when you, once you got out of college and you started thinking about starting a business, is that when you started to feel better about yourself? Or was it when you met your fiance and you could see his family? Because we're trying to figure out how we go from feeling the way that you felt and then taking care of yourself, right? Yeah. And going, going for some self-love. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it's, it wasn't like instant. No. Um, but yeah, I think like dropping out of college was a choice for me. Um, I took a risk. My family was not very for that move. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to support myself. I'm going to do my own thing. So I dropped out and worked a few odd jobs. And then I started to like, feel this, like, okay, I have my life 
like this is the first time in my life I have control of everything Mm. I am paying for everything I'm choosing everything I get to choose what to make for dinner I don't have to look at the cafeteria menu you know at UCSC like it's all it's there's just so many choices and that was like freedom (laughs) it was so exciting so I would say that was a pivotal moment of like just that like just like it it was slow because I left my mom and then I went to college and then I dropped out but like the more freedom you get the more you realize like wow the world really is my oyster um and I worked a few odd jobs and then I started managing two buy sell trade stores here in Santa Cruz and like started to like figure out more of who I was and what I wanted to do and I was like "Hmm, business is cool I like the business part of things love the people part of things customer (laughs) service is not really (laughs) the number of people that have tried to teach me how to be nice to other humans mm -mm. it's not (laughs) just not something I'm very good at (laughs) but you will be like you are in your own business but not like for somebody else's right yeah well it's very different because I get to like control those interactions yeah so then I started working for two coaches here in Santa Cruz and I worked for them for three and a half years and I started training to become a coach and learned a lot more about the business side of things and really helped them grow their business. And I, as I started to train to become a coach, I was like, huh, this is that whole talking to people thing again. <laughs> this isn't what I want to be doing. So like the really like intense technical parts of their business was businesses was where I got really excited Um, and so then I started doing it myself and, and I also, I also want to mention, like, it looks like I'm thriving. Um, and it's really easy to think that someone has like this totally glamorous life, but I mean, I have had three crying, ugly cries this week about this one client project. I mean, it's just, I have stuff going on with my family. Like I, I just want to make it clear that it's never the highlight reel that it looks like it is. Um, and I'm grateful to have my own business, but it is freaking hard. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is tough. Um, the good moments are really good. Feel empowering and feel good about yourself and the bad moments, all the fears come back. Right. Uh, but nothing lasts not the bad or the good so we kind of got to be prepared for all of it but it's really brave for you to come on and and talk so openly about your story and that's why I know it's going to help people Um, so many of us don't feel loved and so many of us don't feel cared for and if we don't step up for ourselves nobody else is going to do it you know yeah yeah it's, so I'd like to tell a story. Sorry, yes. I don't mean to interrupt no. you. I'd like to I'd like to talk about this this like concept that with my fiance's family because I think it's like it's it it will probably resonate for a lot of people. So I come from a family of dysfunction and I come from a family that doesn't have a lot of unconditional love and that never really like like my my parents always put themselves first over their kids. Um and my my partner's family i mean there's there's problems in it of course but it's pretty functional like a a Mm. few months ago all of the cousins his age like sat down and had like a real like let's talk about our problems and like really un 
you know unpacked wow. some and I was like what is going on like am I in another dimension mm. it was it was very very strange um, but really really cool and his parents are so committed to him and his sister and so I had this realization that seeing that feels like it's like okay I don't come from a family of like intense wealth so I'm going to use this example but I'm I'm not speaking from experience but it does feel like what I imagine like the difference between new money and old money feels like okay I'm like the the new money like trying to feel like I have a place in this society and his family is the old money like oh we got this we're really confident and casual and whatever and that feeling of I'm new to this and I feel like kind of an imposter like mm. I'm I'm trying to fit in with his family who are pretty healthy and I can have these healthy conversations but it's really like off-putting because I know that my family doesn't operate like that and where I came from feels embarrassing mm. juxtaposed with his family and so like it's I mean it really like it felt like it really clicked for me like it's just like I'm I'm the new money I'm trying to like fit in with these people who have been experiencing this for so long mm. I just I won't have that experience of like fully confident in having such a functional family because I didn't grow up in that um and so if you like if someone's listening and they feel that way like it it's makes sense it's hard when you've done the work and your family hasn't and you see other people that have done the work and you see functional families and you know that your family will never look like that um and that can be a trigger for imposter syndrome one that I didn't know would be one but it totally mm. triggered this like am I just a poser am I faking this mm. am I yeah thank you for sharing that and I'm sure it makes you sad in that situation. It totally does. You know, um, it sounds like your your partner is very, very supportive. Yes. And I think you just got to be you, yeah. you know? I think, of course, you're trying to fit into the situation because it's so different. And it's something maybe that you wanted more of. And I'm sure sometimes it can be uncomfortable for you and it does make you sad um but i think they not knowing your situation i'm just you know off the cuff here they feel like you already belong yeah yeah well i mean that's the thing about like you know all the all the imposter syndrome is no one yeah. else going on in your head but you know you're stronger than you think right like we just met and i can already tell well, thank you. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of us. I mean, we all go through these things where we, we feel like we're not good enough. You know, right. one of the things I want to do is end loneliness. And when I feel lonely, even though I'm surrounded by people that love me, it's because I'm like, well, why am I so unlovable that people don't want to show up for me? And it's not, it's just my perception of it. It's not really what's happening, you know? So yeah, I think maybe this is like your perception of it right like it's easy for it kind of like smacks you in the face and say oh my god this is so different how am right. I going to fit in and how am I going to but do you find that that's starting to change the conversation that you have with yourself um 
I only have those conversations like outside of the fit, like when I'm not around them, like when I'm around them, it's really easy because they're, (laughs) yeah, there's not a lot of drama. It's just afterwards that I'm like, wow, that was really different. And just reflecting on like that. Comparing. Yeah, exactly. But different, like in a good way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and really like it's inspiring too. It's like okay, this is what I'm gonna mm-hmm. build for the future generations too. Sequoia, I wanted to talk about what self care looks like for you. Self care is always changing um, for me, but I mean, like I said, I didn't really understand it until I moved out. So it's still relatively new to me. I mean, I'm 24, so that was six years ago. Um, and so like these days, my self-care is a lot of breathing, Mm. big one, allowing myself to either feel, or sometimes it's actually allowing myself to have a break from my emotions and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just hold on to this and take care of this a little bit later. Like, I don't need to be so invested into my feelings all the time. Um, I do dance quite a bit, which is a big one for me. Um, I danced as a kid and then as a teenager, and then I just recently got back into it. So that's been, Yay, I love it. <laughs> um, and going to bed at a reasonable time, having a nice cup of now I'm on decaf, which I coffee drinkers will think is absurd, but it's nice to just like sit there and like drink it. Um, taking my dog for a walk, just like really being intentional about the way that I spend my time. Also talking to myself nicely. That's a big one. That is a work in progress. Yeah. But can you give us an example of what you would say to yourself before and what you would say to yourself now? Yeah. Um, I can, I can give you, yes, I can do that. Um, so my negative self-talk looked a lot like you are failing. You're never going to be successful. Um, you're ugly. No one loves you. Your family doesn't want to be around you. Um, no one cares about you. That was a big one. And it's taken a long time to like not have those thoughts. I mean, my self-talk is not all positive by any means, but now like when I catch myself like making mistakes and going, oh, Sequoia, you idiot. I'm like, no, wait, nope. We just made a mistake. That's it. It's okay. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that's like the emotional sobriety again of like allowing yourself to have the second thought. Mm. Like it's, not always about the first thought and not beating yourself up for what the first thought is so now it's like um wow this like this or even with my work like it would be like oh you're an awful website designer and now it's like wow that looks good or this needs some more work or you know I'm doing a good job or I'm making my clients happy um things like that I'm a great partner I'm in a healthy relationship I am a wonderful dog mom um I take care of myself. You know how wise you are for your age? <laughs> Thank you. 
I was nowhere near where you are at 24. You said 24? 24, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this stuff comes from just living, you know, and experiences and stuff. So to be your age and be that in tune, I think it's it's remarkable. I think it's really good. You know, sometimes it really sucks some things that happen to us in life. But when you can see the gift in it, I know people say that all the time. And sometimes I'm like, there is no gift. Yeah, take your gift back. There oh, is what? no gift. Don't <laughs> make me struggle. Don't make me suffer, you know. But there is. It yeah. may not see it right away, but there is, you know. Um, now you know what you don't want. Right. And you found somebody opposite, right? Of what you had, like just being there for you, I mean. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another really big gift you gave yourself, you know? Oh, my relationship has been a huge gift because I, you know, there's been a lot of opportunities to self-sabotage and create problems in it. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you find that now that you think differently and that you have more self-love towards yourself that you also feel better all around about who you are like you're more confident and just happier mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I feel safer um definitely confident more happy I mean again I still do struggle with <laughs> yeah. health issues but yeah I mean definitely we all happy. do yeah um yeah more confident for sure one of the things that I'm working on right now is trusting myself a little bit more and like being stronger in my convictions. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at where I was six years ago, even two years ago. I'm talking to you and I see myself when I was younger. I'm double your age exactly, to be honest. And I remember feeling so many of the things that you're you're talking about and it wasn't until recently that I started to feel different about myself too and it took me a, a lot longer to realize I didn't like all the stuff that was happening and so that's why I say I think you're you're in such a good place you know for your age that you're working on these things and I loved when you said hey I tried going to college and it didn't work and you made the decision to get out and try something new because so many people are afraid of failing, right? When you keep saying, oh, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, you don't try new things. And when you don't try new things, you prevent yourself from really growing and figuring out who you are. And I don't think we get to a place of living on our own terms by being afraid of everything. It's hard not to be afraid, but to try something and say, hey, if I, if I fail, I fail you know, but try it anyways. I haven't done anything, including launching this podcast or any of the things that I'm doing perfectly. Like I do everything imperfectly, mm -hmm. but before I would quit before I tried. And now it's like, Hey, I got it done. Like done perfect. is better than perfect, you know? Yeah. And I think through that, I started getting more confident. Right. I think by seeing, Hey, even though I think I'm going to fail, I'm not failing. It's okay. It's okay to, you know, a lot of us feel, especially with women, I find more than men, but not, not all women. Um, there are men that feel like this too, but 
we believe what other people tell us, you know? So if people tell us, oh, you didn't go to college and university, like I haven't gone to post-education, you know? And it's like, well, you're never going to amount to anything. And we believe them. Mm-hmm. And people say things like that to us, or maybe um, they don't say anything, which can be worse. Sometimes acting indifferent towards somebody and not even being a part of their life makes them feel even worse. It's almost like, I want you to yell at me, give me some kind of attention, right? (laughs) I've been through that too. And it just, it feels horrible. It feels horrible to be so down on yourself and think that the whole world agrees with you. Yeah. You know, so it's so, I love hearing the story because I can really see like, I don't know, I was a very shy kind of, you know, didn't want to share my stuff. And I'm so proud of you, like where you're at now, like I'm hearing this story and it's hard. It's hard. And uh, yeah, that imposter syndrome and stuff, we all have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some, a little bit of it is, is actually good because then we keep trying to prove ourselves wrong. And I think that's important too, right? As long as it's not debilitating. No, just a little bit of it sometimes keeps us in check, right? Anything that's debilitating is just not good. But when you started thinking, starting to change the way you thought about who you are and about the people around you and separating from some of those toxic and dysfunctional relationships, did you find that you were able to be available more for the people you really wanted in your life? Once you started taking care of yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I was telling my friend, my, I I don't have a relationship with my mother these days, Mm -hmm. like at all. And, um, she, she tried to reach out to me recently and I told my friend, you know, I have so many healthy people in my life right now. I don't need to have an unhealthy person in my life just because Mm -hmm. of my mother. I don't feel that need. And, and that like comes from a place of like true, like self-love, right? Like that's, yeah, that's hard to say, I don't need this relationship with this toxic person just because of her kinship to me. And I'm sure that was one of the toughest things you've had to do, but at the same time, one of the most loving things you did for yourself, Yeah, you know, how do you think you know, the show's all about how we have to give to ourselves first so we don't burn out mm-hmm. um, and we don't get stressed to the point where we can't live our life, right? Before we can help other people. What do you think is like the first step somebody can do? Like, I know that some of the people that are listening are having a hard time taking that first step, you know? How do you go from feeling like you're not worth what you really I don't know you're not worth as much as you'd like to be to feel like hey I'm a good person you know I'm I'm someone that I'm worth working on Mm. I think it's different for everyone yes um for some people it can be like a song or a book or a conversation Mm -hmm. but it might need to be something bigger but I think what often gets in the way of of like taking action is thinking about like a huge picture and saying oh that's way too much rather than focusing on the tiny little step like for Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't spend any time on themselves 
maybe something as simple as like running a brush through their hair is like something that they can do every day that's like to give back to themselves and feel that little piece of self-care and as you build that those neural pathways it gets easier to add on to it like one little piece of self-care might be you know so significant to you now but in a few years, it'll just be a part of your routine and you'll be adding in bigger things. So I think like, look for the things that like are so like, for me, a big one has been drinking water. Mm. Like, I drink water. I, I buy special water bottles that, you know, have straws or have the little timer thing on them because it helps me drink water. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I feel better. Like, that's just a, like people need water to survive and for some I have a hard time but (laughs) me too I need to drink a lot more I'm really bad at that to be honest with you um I need you know we all we're all learning every day and that's something that I need to do as well it's almost like the more you know when we start the self-care journey it can be uncomfortable because it's not something we're used to, right? Oh my goodness, yes. And then, oh but I find, yeah, I find when you, the more you do it, the more you enjoy it, how it feels. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I like this, you know? So yeah. even if you can't, people say they're so busy all the time. Take five minutes for a week every day. And then yeah. the next week you might take 15 minutes a day, but you'll get to a point where it's like, oh my goodness, I need that first, <laughs> you know? Right. And I think it's so important that people, even if people think, oh, I don't think it's going to help me or, oh, I, you know, I don't have time, you know, just try it anyways, try it. Because like anything, I think you get addicted to it a little bit <laughs> and it, it it does make you feel better, not just your body, but your mind and how you feel about yourself. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, like the uncomfort there. And I think that's like a really important thing because as you become more in tune with yourself, you start to notice the difference between like uncomfort, like ickiness and uncomfort, like, oh, growth comfort zone. Um, And as you get more comfortable with this, like uncomfort in your growth edge, like you can kind of lean into it a little bit more and I mean, I used to not do things that made me uncomfortable at all. Like if it was, I mean, taking care of myself, journaling, crying, looking at myself in the mirror and say, or even saying, I am lovable unconditionally. I used to freaking dread saying that because I knew that it would totally trigger me. Right now, my thing is like, I don't want to look at pictures of myself as a kid. Like I know that that makes me really uncomfortable. It makes me feel really sad. So that's something I'm working towards. But like those things that, you, you can avoid, but you know that they're like your growth edge, like practicing leaning into them helps to make it easier and helps to make you stronger. And so like, I notice, okay, this, like my, my friend and I, we have a lot of deep conversations and she'll call me on my shit. And those are the best friends, girlfriend, those are the best friends. And I'll either say, Hmm. Okay. Yep. You're right. Or I'll say, wow, that makes me really uncomfortable. Can we circle back to this? And so like allowing yourself to lean into it and lean out of it and know that you can take your time and kind of find that uncomfort place and like staying in your comfort zone can be really good, but it's also important to like consciously lean out of it occasionally. That's so important. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. It can be, yeah, it's like, 
it can be it's like labels they can be good things and then they could be bad things do you know yeah. what I mean yeah like totally. sometimes people say oh she's too she's too firm you know oh she's firm like you know right. it just depends on how you say it so yeah. it's almost like oh my god I'm uncomfortable because I haven't been here before but it's like this is uncomfortable but I'm liking it right right so right. yeah maybe just ease into all those things I think right there's no yeah. rush. There's no timeline. You know, you also mentioned uh, Sequoia about the small steps. You know, I remember I interviewed a gentleman. It was like my first 10 podcasts and uh, his name was Sean. And he was like, well, you can't go backwards and forwards at the same time. And I was like, oh my God, like it was something so simple, but I'm like, you're right. You can't take a step back and it's a step forward. It's a, literally impossible. So I always think about that now. And I think about taking small steps, you know, um the small baby steps and the small things like you said just the water you know or it's to me it's so much more important because without the small steps people would quit exactly. people would give up you know when when you take a small step it takes longer to get to where you're going but the chances of you getting there are so much higher than right. if you take leaps and then you fail and then you'd stop it's so important that you mentioned that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can tell a story about, uh, uh, yeah, I'll tell the story. Um, I decided I'm going to have a morning routine. I'm going to get up. I'm going to journal. I'm not a big journaler. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to play some music. And I did it for three days and then I didn't do it. And then I totally beat myself up about it for like the next week. And it was like, I'm not doing it. I should be doing this, but I'm not. And then it was just this ongoing thing rather than being like, okay, maybe I'll try journaling once a week just to give it a shot. And if I don't like it, I don't like it, but that's it. Like there's no like commitment mm. and like holding myself accountable, accountable to it. Like just those little things. Also, there's this trick where if you say I want to do something, you're more likely to do it than if you say I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, because then it's like you're you have the option and you're kind of proving yourself giving yourself an out before you get started right yeah exactly and then you but you have that choice right instead of like this is something I said I was going to do so now I'm dreading it like oh I'm choosing to do this I get to journal or whatever I'm still not big on journaling <laughs> <laughs> and I find like if you tell people that you're doing it, it's more pressure yeah. like just keep it to yourself and just get through it you know I don't know I I feel like that sometimes. I This conversation, I'm enjoying it so much because so many of the things you said today, I know people have felt, whether their situation is different or not, and they're really going to feel less alone. And that's my goal with the show is really to end loneliness and help people feel that they're not the only ones that have these thoughts about themselves. They're not the only ones that didn't grow up in an ideal home. They're not the only ones that are having a hard time moving day to day and and to continue to do that you know and and to be kind to yourself i'm thank you so much thank you for sharing all of that and and being so real and honest about it um yeah you should be proud of yourself thank you I, i'm <laughs> proud of myself good good is there anything we didn't talk about today sequoia that you want to talk about no, I feel like we, yeah, we, we covered a lot. Feels, I, yeah, feels good. Good. Where can people find you if they would like to work with you? If they want to know more about 
you know, how you're doing. And even if they're in the, maybe it's not business related, but because we know you're an incredible, um, you have your business now and, and you're, I looked at your, the examples of the sites you've created and, and it's just beautiful. I love the design. I think you're very creative. Um, I'm glad that you kind of quit and did this because it sounds like it's your passion and, um, yeah, I can't wait to, to follow you and see how you're growing with that. But if people just want to, you know, are you okay if people reach out and just say, absolutely. Hey, you yeah. know, I'm going through the same thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So yeah. So my website, I have a blog there that's sometimes is tech related and sometimes is like personal and well-being um, related. And then Instagram is my main platform of choice. And again, it's a little bit of both. Right now it's pretty SEO heavy, but usually it's a little bit more balanced. <laughs> <laughs> and when is your SEO um, course coming? Um, we start, I, sh I should know this on the top of my head, um, the 23rd of this month. Perfect. Because your episode is airing on the 15th. Oh, perfect. So, Yeah. So it was so great to get to know you. Let's stay in touch. You know, I love, I love everything that we talked about today. And um, yeah, you know, it, it is hard to talk about things, but when we know we're helping other people and we're helping ourselves by listening to our stories too. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I love that so much. It's so it's liberating good. to talk yes. about. Yeah. And you don't it's feel like ashamed. Yeah, exactly. And reclaiming it as your own. Like it's not, this burden that was placed on me. It's my story and I get to tell it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. For coming on the show. I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad I do this. Honestly, like I was so quiet when I started my, my show and I've met so many incredible people and I'm just like learning so much from everyone and making these beautiful connections, just like with you. So yeah, I'm loving it. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.